to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turns multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of the Suburban Warrior Podcast. I am super excited about the Suburban Warrior that is joining us today because Rachel Bailey has a podcast of her own. And I have to say that I very much enjoy listening to your podcast. Rachel Bailey is the host of Your Parenting Long Game. And she has a master's degree in clinical psychology. And before working with parents, she offered services as an ADHD coach, intensive in-home mentor, and psychotherapist for children, adolescents, and adults. Over the past decade, she has taught hundreds of parents and children tools for improving behavior, motivation, resilience, and self-esteem. She is a frequently requested speaker at schools, physicians' offices, companies, and community groups, and she's a mom of two girls. However, even with a master's degree in clinical psychology, with a certification in parent education, and with over nine-year career, she is and helping parents and kids bring out the best in each other, she still makes mistakes. I mean, don't we all, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her job is to help you understand why the things that you've tried before aren't working and what exactly you can do instead to feel more in control in creating long-term positive changes in your family. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. I have to say I'm so excited to have you on because I, you know, as a mom of four, uh, pretty much all teenagers now, you know, I really enjoy listening to your podcast because it's Every episode is chock full of phenomenal tips for parents, whether you have, I think, toddlers, adolescents, teenagers. And it's no secret that as a parent, you're always getting frustrated at times. Um, So I love your podcast. So I'm really excited for my listeners to hear all the advice that you're going to share with us today. Uh, but let's hear about you first. I know I just, you know, introduced you and they got to hear your formal background, but give us a little insight into, you know, what made you go into this line of work and sort of how you ended up starting the podcast and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's funny because I work with parents for a living, but I didn't, I'm not born to be a parent. I didn't actually know that I was going to have kids until really I had them. So it's not like I'm someone who's you know, was dreaming of this line of work at all. I was actually, when I went to graduate school, my goal was to become a neuropsychologist. And when I was in a program with the thought that I would, I ended up getting pregnant along the way and stopped um, that program. But that was my goal. And then what happened was, because I was in that program, I was working with kids with ADHD and lots of other things going on. Um, I was getting training as a therapist. And I, at some point, parents, I realized parents kept coming up to me asking me, 
you know, Rachel, like, what do I do when you're not around? How do I handle the really practical things? Like my kids aren't getting their shoes on when I ask, or they're not doing their homework, but then also the bigger things like my child has anxiety or they're just not motivated. And so I actually started giving tips to parents even before I was a parent myself and then realized the value there was in working with parents to change the entire dynamic of the home. So the, the, I love it for that reason. I actually feel like I have more impact on families than I did when I was working with the kids and the teens, but also because I wasn't born to be a parent, I love my job because I'm not going to say, okay, now speak calmly to your child and tell them that, like, that's just, I don't have that in me. So really what I do is I use the research I was doing, studying the brain, and I apply it to real world situations and give what I hope are realistic strategies. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I really, I love that. And as a, you know, mindset coach, I also am always, you know, studying the brain and am fascinated always by, you know, just how much science and everything goes into our behavior, you know? And, and, and so, and what's great is it's not just our behavior, it's our kids' behavior. And I think once we can better understand ourselves, we can better understand our, our kids and their emotions. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's amazing. And I, I love um, all the work that you're doing. So, you know, I think being a parent is super hard, mm-hmm. uh, right? As we can all agree. And nothing really prepares you for it. But I also think in this time, you know, the last several months, right, with COVID and, and the quarantine and of course this, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, there's so many questions. I, you know, of course I have teenagers, so uh, not so much for toddlers, but just a lot more stress, I would say, than normal and a lot more questions and anxiety. So what do you, what, what could be your advice for um, parents that not only have, you know, what we know as quarantine fatigue, but almost like parenting fatigue with our, our kids home all the time and that sort of thing? Yeah, it is such a hard time right now. I I say that parenting was so hard before, but then you add everything that has happened in this year and it's become exponentially harder. And so one of the biggest things I I think we need to look at is something that I call the yuck factor, which um, you probably know because I talk about it a lot on my podcast. I'm actually finally writing a book and it's all about this topic. Very, very generally, there's this concept that I call yuck. And yuck is when human beings are not in a good place. It could be something as simple as we're hungry or we're tired, but it's also when we're feeling overwhelmed or worried or stressed. Anything uncomfortable, I call yuck. And what happens when we are in yuck is um, our brain senses yuck as a threat, so it turns on an alarm, and that alarm is our fight or flight response. And when we are in fight or flight, we don't feel good, we don't act well, and we actually, interestingly, when we're in fight or flight, can't access the part of our brain that allows us to act consistently with our values and our morals. So right now, I I just mentioned all that to say, we're in a lot of yuck. Hmm. We're in yuck, our kids are in yuck, and what's happening is because we're in yuck, we're also behaving negatively, more negatively than usual. Our kids are behaving more negatively as usual, so we're getting caught in what I call a yuck cycle. And so what we have to do with this cycle is break out of it. Our kids are not gonna break out of it, we need to do it. And the good news is that it's actually not that hard And it doesn't take that much effort. We just have to be conscious about it. And you as a mindset coach probably talk about this all the time. But we have to realize, I I describe this as a concept of withdrawals and deposits, like a bank account. We've had so many withdrawals, but most of us are not making deposits. 
And so a very simple way to start, and obviously I have so many tips for this, but a simple way to start is think about what are the deposits that we need to make in our lives? And very simply, a deposit could be an action that is aligned with your values. So if you want to start very practically, what I would say is, okay, we're going to think about this time two or three years from now. When we look back, how do we want it to look? Do we want it to look like a time of power struggles and we were tired of our kids, we were sick of our kids? How would we like it to look? And how can we create one action that moves us in that direction? So if we want it to look like a time where we spent more time with our kids or we were laughing or we were joking more, how, how can I need to visualize what that looks like and take one action in that direction? We're rarely taking any actions in that direction. These actions do not have to take a lot of time or energy. They just have to align with our values. When we take action aligned with our values, our yuck decreases. When we think about all the things that are awful right now, our yuck increases. So all that is to say, it was a really long answer to say, you start to think about what your values are, you take an action aligned with it, and your yuck will decrease, and things will start to get better. So I'm so glad that you brought up the yuck factor, because... I was listening to your podcast and I love that, you know, you describe it in this way. And, you know, I think you also said, um, you know, don't get, don't get sucked into their yuck. And I think that, that, that sentence really resonated with me because again, as a parent of teenagers, for me, even like, I guess you can get sucked into their yuck at any stage, but you know, you really, I have a habit of taking on their emotions, right? When they're upset, when something happens to them um, and they're angry and, or they're sad, especially, then you get sad and, and, and it's like a pit in your stomach. Right. It's not, you know, and, and I recognize that and I'm like, wait a second, why? <laughs> I can't be sad. This is, you know, not happening to me. I have to, you know, help them through it sort of thing. But I find myself getting stuck in their yuck and then that helps no one because then I'm angry. I'm frustrated. My emotions are fired up just based on my thoughts, you know? So I, I love how you kind of explain it in that way. You talk about the yuck factor and you offer solutions, you know, in your podcast to not get stuck in their yuck, which I think many of us can very easily do. I would say that's about 95% of parents and it doesn't matter. Right of your children, we do get sucked into yuck. And I work with so many people on that. And it is so empowering when we learn how to not get sucked into other people's yuck. And it's not just with parenting, with our spouse, with our colleagues, with our friends. When we learn how to not get sucked into other people's yuck, things go so much better. Absolutely. And it's powerful. Right. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's about us again, you know, just taking it back to mindset, being able to notice how we're feeling, notice the thoughts that really generated that emotion and try to take, you know, to implement strategies to regulate those thoughts and those emotions um, as we go. And like you said, again, that's something that can help us with all of our relationships in our life, not just the ones with our kids. Um, So I think that's an awesome concept. Okay. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about today, because uh, as talking to other moms, we have all been home and a lot of our kids have, you know, been on their devices more or been on video games more. And I just feel like it is a common conversation amongst, you know, moms 
you know, it always is, but now more so than ever, like, how do I get my kids off their devices or off their video games? Because I know for me, anytime I bring up the devices or get off your device or get off your video games, it's an instant power struggle. And so what can we do? So I actually have two answers to this. I'll try to keep each brief, but I think both are important. First is that we have to, during this time specifically, and I will tell you, I'm someone who's gone to schools and doctor's offices and talked about how to get your kids off of their devices. I've workshops on this. However, this time, and, and that's what I'll talk about. That's my second answer, how you do it. But at this time, I actually think we also have to be kinder to ourselves a little bit. And what I've said to a lot of parents about devices right now is your rule before COVID may have been they can be on their device for two hours and that's all and we're going to stop. But I also think during this time, mental health is incredibly important. And if you're actually using that time to get stuff done or you feel like it needs to happen, then I think what we, what the shift I would suggest making to help yourself feel better is instead of saying they can be only on devices for two hours, I would say, I'm going to make sure they're off of devices for four hours a day. And then I'm actually not going to worry about the rest. I actually think for our mental health, that's a little bit healthier to say, I will make sure they get these certain hours off of their devices. And I've always said this to parents of teens, honestly, because with teenagers, you know, this, they, you, it's very hard to get them off of devices with the schoolwork they have to do, et cetera. So it's so much easier to say they're going to be off for a certain amount of time and change your mindset. Don't sit in this guilt and, Oh my gosh, they're on so much as long as they're getting other things done, that can actually reduce our guilt, which reduces our yuck, by the way. But (laughs) let's say you want to create restrictions. It's a combination of a few things. Um, So I want to try to think about the best way to do this because like I said, I have like 60-minute workshops on this. I will tell you that that there needs to be structure. There needs to be consistency. You You need to expect some pushback. So when you have very clear guidelines and when you are consistent about those guidelines, you're first going to get pushback, although I'm going to tell you in a minute how to reduce that a lot, especially with teenagers. You're going to get some pushback, but the more consistent you are, eventually they're going to learn you mean what you say and the pushback will reduce. And I've actually had parents and teenagers say to me, I heard my daughter on the phone with her friend saying, I'm sorry, I can't meet them because that's a time when I'm not allowed on screens. That happens when you are consistent. Um, here's how you reduce the resistance though, from your kids, whether they're teens or even like four and five years old is there, what I would do is set a boundary, but there's a strategy I teach called joint problem solving where you're setting the boundary. Like you have to be off for four hours, but the next thing you do is you actually listen to your child about how that boundary affects them. And you say, why don't you like this boundary? Tell me everything you don't like about it. And you listen, you listen to them. The next step is to say, okay, we still are keeping this boundary, but given everything you just said, let's make a plan that respects both the boundary and everything you just said. Let's come up with a plan. And hopefully your kids are coming up with this plan, not you. The more control you give your kids over the plan, the better. They should have complete control within the boundary. And then the next and last step of this, well, there's actually two more steps, but the last one I'll mention is the last thing you do, especially with teenagers, but this is true of any age is once they come up with a plan, you ask your child, what do you want me as your parent to do if you don't follow your plan? So they determine what the consequence is, not you. The only caveat is it has to be something that's in your control as a parent. So if they say, well, just make me get off. You can't actually make them. 
So if they say, well, turn off the Wi-Fi, that is something you have control over. But ultimately, the way you reduce resistance is you give them control, you give them respect, you, you have them come up with a plan and them come up with a consequence. So again, really long answer, but if you shift your mindset, you expect some resistance, but you have them come up with a plan, that's in two minutes part of what I give in a 60-minute talk. So yeah, that. no, that's fantastic advice. I do think it's so important to shift your perspective and your mindset in these times and really think about, you know, like the long game, right? You know, everyone needs to be sane. And I do know, like, especially if they're on Xbox or something, that that is sort of how they're communicating with friends. And so you don't want to take that away from them. I love what you said about, because I I don't think a lot of parents, I know I don't, naturally always go to putting it in their control and letting them contribute to the solution and letting them contribute to, you know, the consequences. You know, I think that is just really, really great advice. And if we can, you know, stay consistent as parents, I think that in the long run, they just will really respect that and eventually adapt to it. Like you said, it just takes some time. That's exactly right. And part of the reason we aren't consistent is because we're in yuck. So that's why we have to always address our yuck first. When we're not in yuck as parents, it's actually relatively easy to be consistent. It's just that we are struggling as parents most of the time, and that's why we're not. But consistency is one of the most underused discipline strategies. And giving kids control is another very underused discipline strategy. The more control kids have, especially over the consequence, the more they actually do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, it makes total sense. And it also makes total sense that when we're in the yuck, how can we parent, right? And how can we parent well? Because we are just not in a, in a personally in a good place. So how can we expect the kids to be? Exactly. Okay, so like I said, I love your podcast, Your Parenting Long Game, because you know, just when you think you have it all figured out, <laughs> your kids you know, grow up or they change the stage that they're in, you know, and then all of a sudden you're back to trying to figure out what to do. So what what do you think the key is to the long game? I know we just talked a lot about consistency. You know, is that the key to the long game? It's actually easier than that, I think. So one of the things I say, and I actually hesitated to call my podcast the long game. And my husband was like, do not call it that because the long (laughs) game implies that it's going to take longer. And he's like, parents don't want to hear this is going to take longer. So my, my, actually my subtitle is Parenting in the long, using your long game doesn't take longer. It just lasts longer. It actually doesn't take that long. So the key to the long game is instead of using external motivators like punishment and rewards, the long game is all about understanding what's under someone's behavior, what's causing their behavior, and giving them the tools to do better. And Mm. it's actually not that hard to do any of that. In fact, it's easier, I will tell you, because I've parented both ways, it's much easier to do this than to get in the power struggles and the what's the best consequence and how do I enforce the Like it's, it takes so much time to do that. It doesn't actually take that much time to give kids what they need. It really doesn't. And if we're in a good place, it takes even less time. I think it takes more time to get ourselves in a good place than it does to parent effectively. So the long game is simply about figuring out why are your kids doing what they're doing? Like just a simple example, we just talked about the devices What happens is if we don't give kids control, they try to get control back. And so they sneak on or they try to get more time on their devices. But if we actually address the control piece 
and give them some control, the behavior isn't there. The negative behavior isn't there. So when we actually give kids what they need, they behave better, period. That's the long game is figuring out why is my child doing that and how can I give them what they need? All of a sudden the behavior tends to go away. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So in that, on that same topic, just to dig a little bit deeper on that, so it, can you give us an example of maybe like one or two questions to ask if you're, if, if you're in this power struggle or control, you know, because I think maybe that's what some parents might struggle with, like how to initiate this conversation. Like what is a question or two that parents could ask to start digging a little bit deeper or start this, this dialogue, if you will, with your kids instead of like, you need to get off your devices. I'm taking it away. You're, you're off for the next four hours or whatever. Absolutely. I love that question. No one's ever asked me that, but I think that's a really great, great question. How do you approach it with your kids? A really yeah. simple way to do this that any child will love is just to say, you know, I've always told you to get off of your device. I've never asked you what it's like for you when I do that. What is it like for you when I ask you to get off of your device? And one of the keys to the long game and figuring out why kids are doing what they're doing, although they won't always know, I will just warn you that that's why I'm here because I can tell parents why their kids are doing what they're doing. But one of the places to start is just asking your kids with curiosity, what are things like for you? So you can start with the devices and again, just say, what's it like for you when I ask you to get off or how does it affect you when I say you can only have two hours of screen time? And your job in that moment, and this is so hard for us as parents, is to listen. And I tell the clients I work with, I say, pretend you are a reporter writing an article on your child. You're gathering information about them. Your job is not to defend yourself, tell them all the reasons. Well, this is why I only give you two hours. That's not your job in this moment. Your job is to listen. And it is amazing, actually, how that shifts your relationship, too. When you start to listen more and advise less. It's amazing what happens in your relationship. I love that. Listen more. I'm literally writing it down. Advise less. Because I do think as parents, we are constantly trying to make our case for why they should do what we want them to do and why it's better for them and why you should eat or drink a green smoothie instead of having fruity pebbles in the morning. Like, they don't care about the reasons why, right? I mean, most of the time. But to listen more and advise less, it is that I think that's just such great advice that sounds so simple, but I don't think we're doing that as often as we should. I, I mean, I can speak for myself. I don't think I'm doing it as often as I should. Yeah, most, no, most parents are not. You are definitely not alone. And it is amazing too. And you may have some relationships with it, that are like this, the more you listen to them, the more they listen to you. The less you talk at them, the more they listen to you. It's crazy. And I have a lot of parents, I have emails all the time from parents saying, thank you because this is what's happened in our relationship. You gain influence wow. by listening. Gain influence by listening. And, and of course, and that's really with every relationship, right? With, with a coworker, with a friend, with your spouse. But so many times, especially when situations get heated or situations aren't going the way that we want them to go, or we feel like we're on a power struggle or whatever it may be, we're, we're just talking, 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 and not listening. And that's and actually I think, yuck coming out. When we're in yuck because our child isn't listening to us, we can no longer remember to just zip our lips 
our yuck shuts down the part of our brain that remembers that. So that's why so much of parenting, very honestly, the work, so much of the work I do with parents is how can you learn to regulate your own emotions and deal with your own yuck so that you can listen, so that you can improve your relationship so your child listens to you more. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I, I, I would say to all of my listeners right now, if you want to know more or learn more and, and get more strategies around the yuck factor, you know, absolutely listen to Rachel's podcast, which will certainly be linked in the show notes. And as well as you can go to her website, which also it's rachelbailey.com, but that will be linked in the show notes as well, because I just think you have so many great strategies and insights to share around this yuck factor. Because again, when I heard that and don't get stuck in the yuck, I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm getting stuck in the yuck. And then it's coming out, um, you know, in, in like a fight or in a, an emotional conversation with the kids. So, oh my gosh, you have so many great insights to share. I am really grateful that you came um, onto the show today to share them all with my listeners. Because I do think as moms, we are always struggling to improve our relationship with our kids, no matter what age they are. Uh, we all want the best for our kids. We're all trying to figure out exactly how to, to implement that and do that. And, um, you know, I know that you absolutely are guiding us and, and sharing all of your insights with us. So thank you very much for doing that. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah. So can you just uh, tell everyone where they can find you like on social or if you have any, you know, resources to share with them, you can certainly let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So my podcast is where I offer lots of tips and strategies. That is your parenting long game. I also have a Facebook group associated with the podcast, which is just your parenting long game podcast on Facebook. Um, And I'm in there a lot giving behind the scenes and things like that. Um, I'm on social, most platforms is just Rachel Bailey Parenting. And then I do have on my website, which is rachel-bailey.com, I have some free resources there that actually apply long game strategies to getting kids to listen, to dealing with big emotions. So all these different behaviors, how you handle them using your long game. Awesome. That is fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. And I would encourage, again, all listeners to check out her website and offer free free resources because Lord knows we can all use it. Mm-hmm. And then good luck to all those mamas out there who check it out and then hopefully implement, uh, you know, all the suggestions she shares and let us know how it goes. And of course, you can always find me on Suburban Warrior on Instagram, Facebook group Suburban Warrior, and we would love to hear any reviews and ratings that you have for this podcast. Let us know your thoughts because. We love to hear from you. So once again, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate everything you had to share with us. Thank you for having me.